When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jack, I don't know if I can do this today, man. Yeah, this is tough, Tom. It's tough. We already did it. You got to do it. You got to face talked the a music. Lot. I thought you knew I was venting and going through it because I yapped a lot on this podcast. You did. That's fine, though. You know? I know, you I got the stage, the platform to do it. I do, but I got some great guests here. I hope I didn't take away too much from them. No, you didn't. I think we had a good, good balance, good pod. Yeah. Good pod. When Dan comes on, you know it's going to be good. He couldn't make it here. We're not quite special enough for that. It's but so hard to get Dan really on this is. podcast, but we at least got him virtually. So. I saw Dan this weekend, thankfully. Really? Yeah. Rare. That's yeah. He didn't really invite how did me. You I, get, I how did you show it up? How did you organize that? I heard through the grapevine that did you Dan, have to set up an appointment or something? <laughs> no, there was the no secretary. No. He doesn't answer my calls, so I had to talk to a friend of a friend of a friend, and then I intercepted him. Nice. And got him for a half hour or so. Classic. Yeah. But thanks for joining us, Dan. We got Dallas too, guys. Gonna be a good episode today talking about the NLCS. Some of us here were winners, some of us were losers. Won't know any names, you probably already know. But uh, Jack to mediate, mm-hmm. Jack to intervene, and uh, the rest is gonna be history. So this is the Pipe It Up Podcast. Cue the intro. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pipe It Up Podcast, the official podcast of MLW Wiffle Ball. Got your co-host today back in the building, sat after a Lions loss, and we also got a guest in the studio for the first time in what feels like forever. I know. We haven't had someone live in the flesh in a while. It's my enemy. Some fresh meat down here in the studio. I know. We need some fresh meat down here. (laughs) Brought in my enemy so I could grill him for an hour. But uh, Dallas, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Tom. Not a problem. We also have Dirty Dan on the Zoom call here. Dan didn't want me left out, although he didn't want to come over for some reason. Claims he didn't have a ride. That was the excuse I heard. That is the excuse, but glad to be back on, Tom. Oh, always a pleasure to have you, Dan. Dan didn't didn't have a ride. Can you not drive, I Dan? I don't. <laughs> well, I don't have a car with me. I can drive. <laughs> he's, just, he's just stuck in Ann Arbor, I guess. Yeah. High off that big win on Saturday. I am. That was that was a good win. God, I went. To the, <laughs> that was a good one, Tom. <laughs> I got offered tickets to the Michigan Michigan State game. Great seats too. And mm. uh, we didn't we didn't make it very long in that stadium. It was a pretty early exit. Yeah, that was uh, not really much of a. Not really much of a fight. No, my team's lost a combined like 90 to 6 this weekend. So it was, yeah, tough. it was brutal. And the Mallards lost. So yeah. it was like a triple whammy. Friday, Saturday, you did Sunday. Get slammed. Just one, two, yeah. three. You did get Bad. slammed. Bad for sure. But uh, Dallas is feeling good. Dan's feeling good. The Wolverines and the Eagles had a much better weekend. But uh, I guess we can talk about the NLCS, of course. That's why we're all gathered here today. Eagles are one week away from their World Series in Atlanta. So, fellas, where do we begin? What a series. 
Where do we begin? Game one? Is that where we begin? Let's Why not? I think you kind of need to facilitate this, Jack. It only makes sense. A little bit. I need to facilitate well, I mean, it? I mean, I don't know. I could. I, I, I was thinking that I would just more so interject when needed to. You but want we to? got we got the three the three people who were We have a lot know, of competitors involved. here. A lot of competitors here. All right, well, we we can get into it. You can mediate if you want. Okay. Step in, of course. I will. Want to. I will. Um so game one. Uh let's go pregame. How are you guys feeling confidence wise? I, I said it on the pod already in the predictions podcast. I wasn't like cocky, but I did think we were like the favorite going in. I felt confident. Um, what was the Eagles clubhouse feeling like? Um, for me, at least, I knew that all the fans thought that we had no shot of winning that winning that series. They were thinking, oh, they beat the D-backs. Now they're just going to lose the Mallards, and it didn't mean anything. So we had a little bit chip chip of our shoulder knowing that pretty much all the fans thought we had no shot of winning that series. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty confident going into it, too. I do have a good history against the Mallards in series. I don't know what my record is, but I think it's... I know I have a winning record, so I was pretty confident going into that series. Mentally, he's feeling good. No numbers yeah. to back it up, apparently, but mm-hmm. I was feeling good. We were feeling good. We saw Dallas well earlier in the year. Uh, we beat you on opening day that first game. You came back and beat us in game three, but I think there was a lot of confidence on both sides, but the needle yeah. had to sway one way or the other. So uh, let's talk about we got into the scoring a little bit here. So we had a scoreless first inning. Uh, both pitchers looked pretty smooth. I think you got a one, two, three first. And then the Eagles got the party started with Landon Urgaitis. He's pesky, man. He's yeah. been a pesky out for us Mallards <laughs> the last couple of years. And uh, it was first and second, I believe, he hit a shot up the middle. Mm-hmm. And then a run came in. I had a bit of an errant throw that scored a second run. That ball really floated on me. I watched it in real time. I remember thinking, like, I feel like Robos had a shot at catching that. But watching it back, that thing sailed pretty bad. I don't think he was anywhere. It did. It did get it out of hand pretty quickly. It did. Sailed out of there. I mean, I think it was the right It was the right play, though. Ultimately. Oh, I had to go home with yeah. it. But, yeah, I got to keep it within uh, within the backstop for sure. It was like a... That's so uh, hard. That's so hard I know. to do. I know it is. It's tough. You're rushing, and it's, like, awkward. Um, but uh, it stung. You know, being down one nothing would have been bad enough as it is. Being down multiple runs in a postseason game is never where you want to be. Yeah. Especially at your own error. And I was like, oh, geez. So they had a man on second, then no outs, but then Robles battled back. Got out of the inning. Um, and then bottom two... Dal, I was up against you, and I hit the solo home run. Yep. And that was off of a drop ball. Yeah, slide right. drop. Slide yep. drop. And I also homered off a slide drop in the opening day series, right, against you? Uh, It was some kind of drop, some, some form kind of, of it. So It's important to note. I will one say of, One of his seven different drops. Yeah. Well, how many <laughs> drops do you have for uh, the fans? I don't know, like three or four maybe if I can figure it out. Just all different arm slots from way down submarine to over the top. So Okay. It felt like a big run because, like I said, being down only one, it's with huge the, with the power that we have in our lineup with Robles and myself. I was like, okay, we're back in this thing now. Yeah, I, I mean, two, two, like you were saying, you know, that second run coming across hurt. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you got to go into that those games knowing that two runs is probably not going to be enough to win the game. I mean, anyway. it can you be. Know what I mean? it, can it can. Be. It can for sure. But um, it seems like in the postseason, you know, typically you got to you got to be a little bit stronger than that at the plate. Yeah, I wasn't uh, like really worried or anything. I knew. Like I said, we were seeing the ball very well. I was confident in Jordan. Uh, I had practiced a lot before this one and got a decent amount of sleep before this one, so I was oh, feeling confident a little good. bit. So uh, when we were down 2-0, I was like, not where you want to be, but I didn't think it was all over and done either. Mm-hmm. So um, we get the one back in the bottom of the second. Top three, Robles shuts the door, and then bottom three is when the drama ensued. So uh, Preston was leading it off, base knock, big hit from the kid. Um, and then Robles struck out, and then I came to the dish, and that's when the walk-off 
went down. Sad times. I think <laughs> I don't. I didn't watch the full at bat back yet, guys. But I think the count was one and zero. Does that sound right to you? Uh, you might not remember. I, I, I think so. I'm not really sure. I just remember what pitch I threw when Tom hit me. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you guys the inside scoop. So, um, I guess I don't want to toot my own own horn too much here, Jack. But I want to give the fans the scoop. Yeah, I mean, you got to give them the scoop. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my first at bat was the home run off of the drop. So then this next at bat, I kind of figured I was gonna get a riser at some point. I remember telling that to Matt and telling it to Davenport, like he's gonna give me a riser. I just can't miss it. And we talked about all year long how like you gotta execute in those big moments. You gotta execute in those big moments. So I'm sitting there on deck, just like thinking about it, like I'm gonna get this riser and I cannot miss it. I cannot miss it. I cannot miss it. So I'm sitting on it. And I thought maybe Dallas would outclass me and just never throw me one because he knew that's what I wanted. Because you kind of know I'm not a drop guy, don't mm-hmm. you? So, yeah. r- sorry, quick interjection. Yeah. Had he, had you been throwing him any risers at all to this point? Um, I mean, occasionally, but like, like I said, I know Tom hit sliders and risers very well. But my only problem with throwing him drops there is I knew in opening day and just now in the last inning that Tom had hit two home runs off of me off of two drop balls. So it was kind of right. tough for me to pitch a Tom at, the, at that point. Yeah. So, yeah. So I knew that he probably didn't want to throw a drop again because of the home run ball. And he had, I was totally sitting drop to start the day off because I figured that's all I was going to get. But he did mix in like a riser or two that I just let go by. And I'm like, oh, those are pitches that were really hittable compared to some of these drop balls. So after I hit the home run, I'm like, he's probably going to start me with one here. But then I think you threw a drop first. And I just mm-hmm. took it. And then next pick's riser. And I just couldn't believe it. Like pure shock of like actually getting what you wanted <laughs> and executing. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I mean, I'm not very good at golf. I know Dallas is a golfer and mm-hmm. Dallas can golf. And I'm sure you can relate to when you, you think through like your whole process of the shot and like what you're aiming to do. Yeah. And it actually yeah. works out like mm-hmm. exactly like that. That's how I imagine you probably felt Tom is you, you thought about everything leading up to that moment, including the opening day series and mm-hmm. factoring that in. And then, you know, you went out with a plan of like what you were going to look for and execute. Mm-hmm. And it was literally exactly how you wanted it, was. it to. And <laughs> you, and you connected with it. It was like, uh, I don't know. It's hard to describe. You don't really have, I guess, like good memories of those intense moments. Like it happens so fast. Yeah. But I remember, like I said, telling people like, I cannot miss this riser. I can, I'm, I'm pacing, I'm pacing yeah. behind the backstop. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I cannot miss this pitch. I cannot miss this pitch. So I was so happy that I actually got one and then hit it. Um, and then oh. there was that picture of me and Robles hugging. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to share some backstory on that. Cause pretty much what I was saying to him was like, I got you, dude, I got you because uh, this is not an excuse by any means because there's guys in MLW that try, drive an hour every time, three hours every mm-hmm. time like RJ or five hours like Bennett has or Pishka has. But um, unfortunately, because it was playoff day too, it stunk. But we had a nightmare Robles travel day that weekend for the series. Mm. So he was supposed to fly out. Um, so it was played on a Sunday. It was played on a Sunday in September. And we had a flight booked for him like Saturday afternoons. So we'd get in, we could grab dinner, and then uh, get some rest, and then play Sunday morning. I think we had like 11 a.m. start. Something yeah, it like was that. something really like that. Yeah, so love that he gets to the airport in New York, which is like an hour and a half from where he lives, and it's just delay, delay, delay. Like it was four or five different delays, and I'm just sitting here waiting to go pick him up. Another text delay. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then at like 9:30 p.m., he's like, yep, canceled. I'm like, dude, like it's just a nightmare scenario because we're yeah. on this deadline of getting all these games in before the World Series. We want to have time to plan which teams are going to be in the World Series. So we didn't know what to do. And every flight at so there's three airports kind of near New York City. It's JFK, 
It's LaGuardia and mm-hmm. Newark, New Jersey. Every flight there, anywhere canceled that day. Everything was canceled. There was no flights leaving. So there were, then the hotel started filling up, so I couldn't find anywhere to put him for the night. And it was 11 p.m. now, and he's stuck in New York City. I have nowhere to put him. So we're recording that, trying to figure out where to put him. No plane's coming back. We're like, what are we going to do with the series? Are we going to reschedule this and do like back-to-back with the ALCS the next week? And somehow, I swear to you, Jack, there was zero planes coming to Detroit. And we happened to look at the Grand Rapids, Michigan airport, which is like an hour and 45 minutes west of where we're at. Mm-hmm. And there was one single plane coming from one of those three airports to direct to Grand Rapids in the morning. So we, we <laughs> booked it. I was like, I don't know how, but there's one plane coming and hopefully it doesn't get canceled because there was no other planes coming the next day. Everything was canceled. It was that crazy because of weather. So worked out. I had to, you know, he had a long night and get a lot of sleep probably. And then I had to drive two hours one way, two hours back to get him right to the field, played. So like when we, I hugged him, I was like, I got you. Like, I know it was a long, crappy yeah. travel day, but let's win this series. Dang. So that was a funny yeah, picture. That, I thought that That's meant a lot more than, than hug. Yeah, yeah. After all that too. A lot long, long days. Once again, everyone in MLW. Uh, travels, you know, crazy drive a long time or yeah. done like Bennett relocated himself for the summer and lived like in Michigan. So people go through that stuff all the time, but that was just a him and I like, I got you. I know it's been a crappy travel schedule, but I got you here. Yeah. That's, that's a cool moment. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to uh, bring up the fact that Dallas, there's a clip of you there included where you were kind of crouched down on the mound, mm-hmm. uh, visibly shaken up, frustrated, obviously uh, what's going through your mind after that home run losing game one. Yeah, I mean, I know I had to remember that it was a three-game series in this time, and that I knew that whoever was on the mound in game two could get through it, and we could win that game. And that I knew coming back to game three that we could win two games in a row. Like it wasn't out of the fact we could mm-hmm. definitely do it and win two in a row. And game one wouldn't even matter at that point. Did you say anything to Dallas Dan post game? Uh, I mean, I was just kind of talking to the whole team, like just like like Dallas said, just trying to lift our spirits up. Uh, like, Dallas knew it was a three-game series, so I was just, you know, trying to lift his head up. He'd have more opportunities, but, um, yeah, I, I think credit goes out to Blade a lot, too. Going back out there in game two, you know, pitching his butt off, it really it really sparked us. And one thing I'll say, too, is I kind of take back to the uh, NLDS in 2022 in that game two yeah. where I kind of fell apart, mm-hmm. and then my emotions kind of got to me in game three. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but... I just have to remember that I can't let my, let my emotions get to me, and I just have to look in the future that everything's in the past from what just happened. So I always look ahead. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was pretty hype because you know you know the significance of like being up one zero is so different than being down one zero for sure. I definitely didn't think the series was over, but uh, and I kind of knew you guys would go with Blade regardless. I knew that was the plan, but I wasn't for sure you're going to stick to it now that you had lost. But uh, I kind of told my guys beforehand that we're probably going to see Blade game two no matter what happens, so we were ready for Blade. But moving into game two, I will say that I think that what I told, like, Norp, I was talking to Norp after the game, and, like, mm-hmm. um, I talked to some of my friends who watched the videos online. I was like, I think the turning point of the entire series, the most important frame of the entire day, was top of the first game two when Blade didn't give up any runs. Yeah. So we had so yeah. much momentum. Yep. You know, I think if we score top of the first, take the lead in game two, it's it's over. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. for sure, but mm-hmm. that would have been tough. For the it would have swung team. things for yeah. sure. So I think for Blade to hit the reset button for the Eagles, shut us out in the first inning, even though we had all the momentum, was massive in hindsight. And, the massive, good, yeah. and also the good thing about Blade is that he's going to let you know when he does something good. <laughs> and like he, he's going to try, he's going to be excited for sure. And he's going to show his emotion. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we so we talked with um with Dallas the last time he was on the podcast about Dan, your guys' strategy on um, you know, continuing to ride with with uh with Blade there in game two. Uh yep. I mean, how did you feel after the way that game one ended? You know, obviously sticking to your guns there, that was your guys' strategy going into the series. Um, but I mean, you you had to be a little bit nervous at least throwing throwing your number two guy out there in a must win situation. It's a hashtag bold move cotton. That is. To be honest, and I'm not just saying this, like I know we were down one zero, but like I was not nervous. Like me and Zach kept saying, like, full confidence in you, Blade. Like, we're gonna go out and win this game. So we really pro- um made sure to keep our spirits high and we had confidence in Blade. We know he's very solid with that game two ball and he's used to it. So he really stepped up to the plate and and we, we felt comf- we felt uh, confident in him for sure. Did I get outclassed here, you think? Well, I was gonna say, uh yeah. flipping Again. it over flipping it over to you, Tom. Um pretty interesting bullpen management here in mm-hmm. game two. Um so you started with Jordan mm-hmm. and then eventually moved to Caden. Mm-hmm. Um obviously the result of the game didn't go your way. What was your thought process leading up to that game in terms of who you were going to pitch, who you who who you were going to start, and then ultimately, you know the the process of going to Caden. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it's tough. It's tough. Last year it was tough. This year, even though I thought I had a plan, you know things change. And you have a guy like Jordan who's so accomplished in the sport and um, travels all this way to play and has proven himself time and time again that he is our clear ace. You know he's been so dominant this year. I think he won like eight or nine games, led the league in wins. Mm-hmm. just pounding the zone and had a great first game. Like I said, he gave up the one run off the land and hit, but the other one was kind of a throwing error. And after that, he shut the door. So when we see blade, take the hill top of the first, we get to see that before I make the decision. Right. Yep. And Jordan's like in my ear, like I want the ball. I want the ball. Cause we were kind of talking me, him and Matt about what we should do. Cause I originally wanted to go to Caden game two, no matter what. And I'm like, man, like he wants the ball. We're facing blade. We should be able to score here. It's just, it's hard. So, um, I was persuaded to go Jordan and I didn't hate the move. I had a lot of faith in Jordan, but as I suspected, uh, the Eagles were just starting to put, put ball, bat on ball in that first inning. Yeah. Dan hit a home run to take the lead. And then after the inning, I was like, Jordan, we got to go to Caden. I was like, I know you want the ball so bad here, but let's just, even if we lose this game, you got the ball in game three, fresh ball, brand new ball. Let's go to Caden, show him something different. It's the exact same thing Jimmy did to us last year when they beat us. They showed us Jonah for an inning. Let's just show him Caden for an inning. So did the same thing that D-Back said to us last year. And do I regret not starting Caden? I don't know. He didn't have his best stuff that day either, I don't think. Yeah. And it was a bummer that Caden missed, I think, our last series of the year. So we hadn't actually pitched in an MLW game in about a month, month's time. So I don't know if I necessarily regret the decision. I just think the Eagles started to get more and more confidence throughout the day. And the bummer is that uh, Caden and Jordan have pretty similar arsenals too. So it wasn't like, I feel like that big of an eye level change. I don't know. What do you think about um, as a hitter? They're a little different. I think Caden more goes to it like simple drop where Jordan kind of likes to stay to his two seam mm-hmm. inside drop. So they're a little different, but um, obviously no pitcher is the same. So yeah. anything, anything can change anything. I would have, uh, would have been interesting if I could have got Preston out there, but I, I was going to ask if there was ever a thought very similar to last year. Uh, where Caden was sort of coming on late in the year, and I was getting somewhat comfortable with him on the mound because he pitched well in Oklahoma. And I think, again, in our last series against the Magic in 2022. Um, Preston was kind of the same way this year, where I put him out there for like an inning or two against the Gators, 
Mm-hmm. And then I saw him pitch at Wiffle in the mid, and I was like, this kid definitely has something. But it wasn't enough for me to justify putting him in instead of a Caden or a Jordan. But I do think he's a much different look, a much more foreign look to hitters. So who knows? Maybe he would have had the better stuff on the day. But mm-hmm. it was just hard for me to make that call. Dan, what's your take in terms of uh, facing Jordan and, and facing Caden? Obviously, you were able to to get that very questionable um, home run. No, I'm just kidding. I, th- I think it was definitely fair. I don't I think know. We're, I, I think we're I, confirming I, I, that it was fair. I made that comment on this uh, our note sheet here because I didn't think anything of it the day of, but I was watching the video back today and taking notes, and I'm watching. I'm like, sure, that ball was fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think it hooked. I know it's it hooked. always from the GoPro. Yeah. The GoPro always makes it look more foul than it is. Yeah. The hitter's perspective, I'm sure it was pretty obvious. Don't be cheating no, yeah. on me, Dan. That, it was very close. Even when I hit that, I was oh, like, Oh, jeez. I, I don't like that answer. No, but on the video, it, it looked fair to me. I don't know. But um, going back, Tom, I, I do think you made the right call going to Caden. I remember specifically, like, once Caden was put in, I was trying to really take more pitches because I wasn't seeing him uh, as well as Jordan. And, like, that's nothing against Jordan, but, like, um, like it's just inevitable. You're going to see a pitcher better over time. Like, we learned that the hard way. Um Last year against the D-backs, you know, when they yeah, I mean, started seeing Dallas more and more. So mm-hmm. um, so I, I thought your idea was good. I mean, that was kind of in line with what we did with Blade. And then game three, like you said, like Jordan would have a good ball. And that was my idea with Dallas. Like Dallas is, you know, his great stuff with the fresh ball. So um, I, I thought the strategy was good. It just comes down to, you know, it's just wiffle ball sometimes. Just wiffle ball. Yeah. Easy to I say mean, as the winner. <laughs> Honestly, it's just ball. Yeah, I put one over. It was like barely fair. It's just wiffle ball. I cheated a little bit. Hey, fair is fair, <laughs> man. Fair is fair. Uh, it's just ball. Very true. Um, I I will say like just watching the video, um, from a fan perspective, it seemed it seemed weird how like Jordan started and then you went to Caden. Like hearing your thought process now mm-hmm. makes it make a little bit more sense. Um, but I was expecting you, especially with what you had said before the series in the beginning of the video about your confidence in Kaden. like your bullpen and, yeah. and Caden. I thought you would have started, yeah, that's especially what, after you guys won the first game. I know. I thought you would have gone to either Caden or Preston. Um, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying, and you got it's multiple hard, yeah. people in your ear. Um, Maybe I should have put my foot down and started Caden because, I, I mean, I guess, honestly speaking, I think I wanted to do that before the series. Yeah. But then winning the first game and seeing or playing Blade and like watching Caden and Jordan kind of talk about what they wanted to do, it just Jordan wanted the ball. And when a guy wants the ball like that, it's it's hard to take it out of his hands. And that's uh, fair. I mean I mean, I, but no, that's the call you gotta make as a manager. It's hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think so I think a thing is that you can't look back on a decision that you made because you never know. Like, if Robles goes out there and shoves for the next three innings and you look like a genius. Yeah, if we shell Blade, and then, yeah, Robles is, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, you guys just pummeled him. But 100%. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I just, I was more so saying, like I said, it makes sense now listening to you. But as from the fan perspective, is like you started Jordan, mm-hmm. he only let up one run. And then it was like, okay, now we're going to put in Caden. It was like, wait, okay, what? Well, but I think what then showed later in the day in game three shows why I did that. Because they, they were all over him. Yes, you know they mean? were. I could just they tell. Were. I've seen this movie before. The Eagles have hit the, the Eagles have hit Robles well before. And I saw him taking good swings in the top of the first, making me nervous. Dan put one over. I'm like, yeah, we got to call it. Yeah. We got to call it. It's going to get ugly if we don't. Understood, yeah. So, And I want to say something, too, especially about game two and about Blade. I think, like, us starting one and five, but I think our whole season changed in game three at Wayne State. Like, 
I think Dan can say this too. Rock bottom. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but what I think um, I think Dan can say this too. Like, we never thought Blade would have pitched a game this year, even mm-hmm. thrown an inning this year. And with my arm being hurt in Wayne's day, and then Dan obviously having control issues, like I think Blade pitching in that game three really like gave us the confidence to throw him out there. And then you know Blade goes out and, and goes three and zero in the regular season, and we're like, now we know we have a comfortable number two arm in Blade to go out there and pitch in the playoffs. That's what it takes sometimes, though. Yeah. Just like you were like, didn't know if you should pitch RJ. It was sketchy warmups the first time, and you pitched him, and all of a sudden yeah. he's like the stud of the league. Imagine, I know. So what? What do you? I guess I'll ask from from both sides of the table here, like you facing blade. Mm -hmm. um, What do you think makes him so challenging to go up against? And, you know, I'll ask the same question to you guys after Tom's answer. Um, For me, first of all, watching it back, this is a comment on the whole day, not just blade, but I was late on everything. So that was a mistake on my part, but I think I was late because I was uncomfortable being that, uh, I mean, the cat's out of the bag on this. We talked about how I'm like sitting on a certain pitch. That's kind of mm-hmm. been how I've been able to hit so many home runs in this league the last two years. So against Blade, I just couldn't really find anything comfortable to like sit on and time up and like a pitch that I wanted to get. It was all just like, I don't want to hit any of this stuff. Like <laughs> he was throwing sort of the same pitch. It was an overhand drop ball, but just very inconsistent amounts of break. Sometimes, even though it looked pretty similar out of the hand, it was running way outside on me. Other times it was dipping down. Um, so there was pitches, yeah, where I like would swing. I thought it was going to drop farther than it would, and I would swing, and then it wouldn't, and then it would slide outside. Some of them were sharper than others, so I just couldn't really find anything to sit on. Whereas, like Dallas, I'm pretty familiar with Dallas's drop ball, mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot of risers in my day. Whereas Blade, uh, I couldn't really get comfortable in that batter's box, to be honest. Yeah, it's tricky. I I I'll ask you guys the same thing. Maybe maybe you'll have a similar answer, but um, just from watching the video. I would agree with what you're saying. And it's just, it's very ironic that the inconsistency it's, is actually no, an asset to is, the pitcher. Sure. Because mm-hmm. you'd say, you take someone like Dallas or any other, you know, like A list pitcher in this mm-hmm. league, they can obviously mix it up, but they have the bread and butter pitches that they come back to because they're consistent. They know where it's going to break and they know where it's going to hit. And those are the ones that you can actually time up and like sit on yeah but when the pitcher is out there and he might not even know where it's gonna end up Mm -hmm. it makes it it makes it really hard for the for the hitter and i don't even know if blade falls in this category but just speaking on explicitly movement we've gone to a lot of these national tournaments now like nwla or uf specifically when it's cut balls and each time it's typically the same teams that are making deep runs and they're not the guys with the pitchers that have the craziest most like wild movement, highest velocity. Those teams will go far, but talking top three, top four, it's the guys that actually really know how to pitch, know what to throw in what situations, can mix it up, can change velocities, can hit corners. It's a lot more important than just getting a lot of movement on the ball, especially if yeah. movement's the same every time. Yeah. So for sure. What would what would you guys say has made um, Blade so tough this year to go against? I appreciate the way uh, Blade just goes out there and attacks the zone. Um, you know, he, he throws a lot of strikes and he brings a lot of energy. Like you're going to have to hit off him to be successful. He, he's going to go out there and do his thing. But yeah, again, going back to what Dallas said, I agree that uh, game three of the Detroit series was really the turning point of the year. And um, I think Blade is really the unsung hero of the season. Honestly, I like I kind of just threw him in the fire in that situation. Like, obviously, he didn't think he'd be pitching for us in the long term. 
Um, so I, I really appreciate the way he, he has stepped up big time for us. Yeah. And I, um, me and blade being really good friends, obviously we play with each other and I couldn't really get like a look cause blade was hurt and he tore his labrum a couple, like a year ago. So when we start, um, hitting and pitching in the yard, you know, I do, I do have tough time hitting blade and you know, sometimes I do know what's coming, but still like, like Tom said, sometimes this stuff darts, sometimes it doesn't. So you really never know. Yeah. I'm going to play you guys a funny clip in a second of blade, but, uh, I think it's just you got to force yourself to really start to do like to look for that kind of pitch, whatever his was like a slurve, I guess you could call it because yeah, before I would pretty much just sit slider or riser, then guys stop throwing me that. So then this off season and like in practice, I'd only want to say drops because now I can kind of sit on a drop and hit it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that little like cutting, I don't know what you call it. That blade has like the sharp slurve. Uh, I don't even just know. Uncomfortable, uncomfortable, but I think that blade had fun and I'm going to prove it to you guys right now. <laughs> What, what were you feeling on the mountain game too? Any nerves or was it all just excitement out there? I'm, I, like, I'm going to be honest. I don't know. It was weird. Uh, I kind of just had fun going into the game and it was just fun to look forward to. And I was just kind of having fun on the mountain, cracking jokes. And <laughs> actually before the last pitch, I asked Zach what I should throw. I didn't listen to him, but he, he did help me. He told me. Yeah. And then Zach. Just a lot of fun. Yeah, he was having fun. He was just having fun on the mountain, cracking jokes. It was a lot of fun going into it. It was a lot of fun out there. It was a lot of fun when I was in it. <laughs> That's awesome that he had so much fun. I'm glad he's having fun. I mean, yeah. if you're not having fun while you're playing, I don't know. I mean? But I don't know. Funny, funny, funny interview. But that is great. Props to Blade. I mean, that was a big time, big moment. Yeah. Step up. Step up. Talk about play. execution. Execution. He executed. He had his back against the wall a couple times too. I know. Um, you know, it wasn't like an easy, you know, flawless no, game by any means. He had. A, here's. I got a stat line right here. Three innings. No, it was a no hitter. First of all, mm-hmm. crazy. Um, but he walked five guys, struck out yeah. eight. So five base runners throughout the game. Yep. And yeah, I didn't really remember this um, like immediately after the game or waiting for the video to come out again. But uh, yeah, I had a chance. I, I had two guys on top of the third. A mm-hmm. home run would have put us in the lead actually down 2-0. And he struck me out there at the end, like I said. And they're a late swing. A lot of late swings for me. But heck of a job from yeah. a guy who was not a pitcher, wasn't planning on pitching this year, for him to step up in an elimination game against one of the better offenses in the league. That's 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 a take it to the World Series right there. For sure. That's a World Series caliber statement piece from from Blade. So uh Dan, I'll I'll ask I guess leading into game three, um, even though Tom was able to get a couple homers off Dallas in the first game, he was pretty solid otherwise. Um and then you had Blade coming off a no hitter, shut out. Um was there any thought at all to start with blade or maybe do some sort of like you know combination like point. tommy did in in game two or was it like no no doubt we're going with dallas sticking with them no that's a good question but no i i say there was uh full confidence going back in uh dallas that game three obviously we've that was our plan from the get-go and we felt very comfortable in that like like we said dallas is uh the most effective with the brand new balls so um and dallas honestly like i thought he pitched very well in the first game is just you know tommy Obviously, he got a hold of that one, but um, for the majority of that game, I thought Dallas pitched pitched uh, very well. So, um, no, we were we were always going to Dallas there in that situation. And what what was your mindset, kind of walking into Game Three? I know you you talked a little bit about right away after Game One, but now you've probably had some time. You you guys have won Game Two now, so yeah. it's like you know, winner take all Game Three. What's your mindset going into there? Well, the good thing going into the bottom of the first, because obviously the manager of the home team, was that we were able to get across two runs. We're not the flashiest team when it comes to like getting hitting home runs. We don't hit a lot of home runs. Obviously, Dan hit two this series, but 
Um, we put the balls in play, and we can score runs from it. So going into the first inning, having a two nothing lead, it was very, it was much better, at least to say, because I knew that still, like I can't walk guys, still gotta throw strikes. Like I didn't walk a single guy in game one, so I couldn't even be mad because Tom just got to me twice. So mm-hmm. I knew if I threw strikes, and I trusted my defense because we've been way better defensively this year, so I could trust my defense and throw strikes. Yeah, being down 2-0 stunk, and once again, you see things again on video and you remember how things went down, but I felt like Robles was really getting killed out there, like the day of and then the day after, but you guys kind of heard me say in the uh, the post-game interviews how like the pitching wasn't that great today, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like they were crushing the ball. Landon hit a couple balls hard, Dallas, you pieced a few, of course, Dan hit some home runs, but they had seven hits in that third game, and a lot of them, yeah, were just little dribblers right out in front of yeah. the mound, and some of them there were plays to be made that we didn't make. Other times there was no play to be made at all. It was just perfect placement. But you put plays, you put balls in play, and good things happen. And uh, it did stink going down early in that one. I felt like the the wind behind the sails was not very strong anymore in my clubhouse. And I was trying, you know, you do what you can to rally the boys. I I literally said to him, I'm like, I'm not one to make speeches. Like I never really mm-hmm. have been that guy. I've always tried to just kind of keep my composure and lead by example. But I think we I huddled them up after like the second after maybe bottom of the first or top of the second, I was like, mm-hmm. guys, we can still win this game. Come on. Like, this is it. This is why we play. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I felt like uh, the, the faith was dwindling a little bit, which is a bummer to see. But You could you could feel it a little bit in the video, kind mm-hmm. of the momentum shift. Um, I will say the Mallards did not have uh, an A, you know, a grade effort on defense. Not I think you guys made Very you know sloppy. some a lot a lot of mis- I don't know if it was ultimately the difference in the series. I don't. It definitely think so, didn't help. It doesn't help because you never know. You never know how momentum can shift. Yeah, you never know. I, I again, I don't think it was the the deciding factor, but I think really that third game it is is less on um you know Jordan and his his pitching and more of like a, a testament to the Eagles on just their ability to like. You know, we've we know that Jordan is someone who attacks the zone. It's going to be over the plate or mm-hmm. or around the plate, and they were just doing a really good job. It seemed like of um, having good at bats and just getting balls in play. Mm-hmm. Like the more you get balls in play, the more the other team makes mistakes, and the more good things happen. They put the pressure for your on team. Us. You don't always have to, you know, swing for the fences. Like mm-hmm. um, Zach had like a funny comment post game about like just. Like he didn't, he didn't really answer Kyle's question other than just, he's just trying to touch it out there, oh. which like is funny because you watch him bat and that actually looks like it. That's all he's trying, trying to, to do is it. just like yeah. trying to tap it. And that works. Um, so I think it was um, like, obviously the, the score, uh, I think it ended up being what, like five, nothing, yeah, five, yep. nothing, five, nothing. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that's like a huge blowout. It's definitely not close, but I, I think that speaks more to, the Eagles ability to like stay focused and continue to put balls in play rather than like um, the pitching not being as good for the Mallards. Yeah. I feel like it felt worse than it was maybe, but yeah, I mean the defense was sloppy. I myself probably counted three to four plays that uh, I could have been better on, whether it was the throwing error or dropping ball at first or making the wrong decision, whatever it may be that can definitely improve. Um, the D-backs have been so good defensively over the years, and that's helped them so much. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we were making routine errors. You know, the routine plays are being made, but other than maybe one or two. But, but one point on that is, like, the I think the the championship-winning plays that the Diamondbacks have made in previous postseasons are, like, a source of momentum. You know what I, I mean? Agree. When you're 
like if you were the Eagles and it's like everything they're putting in play, you guys were getting everything it out, does, like making it hurts, plays. Yeah. It starts to make them press more and mm-hmm. like try that much harder. Um, so I do think there is something to that. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it was the series decider. Um, they beat us pretty much every aspect of the game, but I I do think you know if you simulate that game back and every play was made, things can change for sure. Mm-hmm. That's the thing too that's sort of difficult to practice, I guess. Uh, like I have no problem getting myself out there and playing one on one against Davenport, getting my swings in, seeing live pitching, but actually like simulating defensive plays and different situations is tough. So it just comes down to kind of being an athlete, knowing the game, you know, having your head there, being focused. Like I, that's why I've always been so bad in the field because like I have no baseball background and and no sort of like experience in that. And then once the ball gets hit in play. Like if you don't know what you're doing, where that ball gets hit and where mm-hmm. you caught it before you catch it, then you're already you already lost. Yeah, yeah, there was just like some awkward things that like there was a ground ball. We had the infield in in that top of the first game three. Yep, and somebody had a ground ball the first that like my full intentions was infield in ground ball go home. Yeah, but I think it was Zach. They kept Zach kept hitting dribblers like down the first baseline that were like coming back fair and just yeah. like putting me in an awkward spot. So. Like that play, I watched it back on video. I still think if I throw it home, I don't think I would have gotten you out yeah, if you were running. Me, yep. It would have been very close, but just like, yeah, the way the he put it right down the line, it was like, I'm just going to step on the bag here. I guess I could have maybe saved a run, but just awkward things that uh, didn't go our way, but also a better play probably could have been made if I was more prepared and more sure-handed out there. With football defense, it's kind of just awkward in general. You know, it's just like it is. weightless plastic ball. The game's so small and quick, and throwing it's difficult. Mm-hmm. So... Well, that's the thing is the field is so small mm-hmm. that the decision-making time is is like mm-hmm. even, you know, even smaller. Mm-hmm. It, it, you have to think so much faster because everything, it doesn't take very long for a guy to get from one base to another. To, yeah, and it's just, it's just like, it's sort of awkward for lack of a better word. Yeah. Def- defensive football is sort of awkward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we could have definitely done a better job. I think that's a major point of emphasis from this series that I could take away. But uh, when you have that many balls put in play on you, the Eagles put 10 balls in play uh, in game three. Not all of them are hits. They had seven hits, but 10 balls in play. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're playing your best defense, your cleanest ball, one to two of those is probably going to end up being a hit, you know. It's mm-hmm. tough. So yeah. I give them credit. They uh, put the pressure on us. They made it hurt. Uh, they put us away, buried us. They did it all. Were you, and, were you, guys, uh, were you guys excited to see Robles take the mound? coming back in game three were you guys licking your chops there yeah the the thing about Robles is like you always think of like the Norps the um I don't know the guys who have like a ton of movement and crazy pitches well Robles kind of just stays with his two seam and slide drop so you kind of can tell by an arm slide you kind of know kind of how that ball is going to break instead you're not going to see like a big curve from Robles so kind of got to stay on the ball he doesn't have the crazy movement that some of the guys in the league have like RJ or Jimmy or Baron or something like that so you kind of just got to stay on the ball and kind of just jump on it as quick as possible because it's going to get to you, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one thing I wish he had in his arsenal. I uh, would love for that to be added somehow, but I think that's where Preston could be yeah. a big factor for us. Jordan, do not Preston, add Preston, any curveballs. Preston, okay? Preston, kind of, <laughs> Preston does have that big junk ball. He's yeah. got a lot of different pitches like that, so I think he could be a, a big uh, addition to our bullpen next year. We'll see. But, um, yeah, I don't want to sit here and cry all night. It stunk. Yeah. It was okay. easier to, like, digest. Like, I said it in the interview the best I could. The year before, it was like, I was laying in bed, like, how did we lose that series, man? Like, mm-hmm. we were right there. I felt like we played better than the D-backs, honestly, and just didn't happen. But this year, 
like packing up the stuff, getting the banners. Where I'm like, yeah, we just got sent home. Like they yeah. beat us. I mean, defense wasn't great. We didn't hit the ball well. We struck out too much. We just got beat. Like I mean, we we both. I mean, you obviously picked the Mallards when we did the the show mm-hmm. before the playoffs. I picked the Mallards as well. Um, or actually, I picked the Diamondbacks. I think. No, you. I forget. You picked us. You guys will tell me. I think what it was I just Jimmy. Um. Yeah, but I will say, like watching this video. The Eagles definitely looked like the more complete team from top to bottom, they did. like hands down. But from batting, you know, everyone in their lineup was contributing. Mm-hmm. They had two different pitchers that both pitched phenomenally, and they were, you know, sound on defense. They did what they needed to do on defense. So I, I don't think it's like you should lose sleep, really. It was, I no, think the better yeah, team like, definitely won that They day. did. I think. Last year, if we play the same way we did against the D-backs 10 times, I think we beat the D-backs probably 7 out of 10 times. Mm-hmm. I think this year we play the Eagles like we did, and they played us. I think we probably lose 8 or 9 out of 10. Yeah, like, I agree. We've taken a couple more home runs for us to win those those games. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, I wasn't losing sleep over it. I was like, you know, we, I guess we weren't the team I thought we were. You know, our pitching, uh, we weren't able to make good enough pitches in big spots. The bats weren't there. Just sloppy defense. So just we just didn't play our best ball that day, and uh, I think you know our ceiling is still very high. But we just got to be able to put it together in these high pressure games. We haven't been able to do that in two years. So, what do you think that is? Um, I mean, pressure's pressure, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of, at stake on these games. I also think, like Jimmy, kind of Jimmy kind of walked this plank and it ended up biting him in the butt. But the DS can help you build momentum and it's more reps and you play those games closer together. Whereas we had like a month off, mm-hmm. which uh, is not ideal, but uh, playing an extra series is not ideal. If you lose like Jimmy, you end up going home early. So uh, playing in the CS is tough. And uh, it, uh, we just, I don't, I don't know. Jack, what de- let me say we just didn't yeah, play. No, I, didn't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there is nothing to be said. It's yeah. definitely a different feeling playing in the championship series and the divisional series. Cause your championship series, like, it's all on the line there. You're going, you're either going to the World Series, you're going home. So interesting. I haven't played in the DS in a long time, and when I have played in the DS, the opponent was never very good. How is it different? <laughs> well, I'm just, uh, it was I mean, a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I've played in a couple NLDS, and it's been like crazy series for me. But just you know that when you're playing in the NLCS, this, this is my first time ever mm-hmm. in my career. But the first time playing, I mean, there's pressure. I mean, we knew that we are going to Mercedes-Benz Stadium if we win this series. So there's. I mean, obviously last year we were going to SoFi Stadium, but we never got a chance to get there. And that's when I realized this year when I got there and I see Zach Whalen in the box taking his first pitch. I'm like, oh, we're here. Like, this mm-hmm. is it. This is this is our chance to make it to the World Series and make it to Atlanta. So, Yeah, we just haven't gotten done the playoffs. I have the numbers, Jack. They're ugly. I don't even want to read them. Read them. You want me to read them? Read, read, them. Them. read them, Tom. <laughs> I'm going to vomit, I think. <laughs> All right, all caps, Mallard's offense. This series, we were 4 for 29, so that's a 138 average. Mm. In last year's NLCS, we were 5 for 47. That's a 106 average. Mm. So our total in those two NLCSs in the last two years, in the Jordan Robles era, the Jordan Robles-Tommy Coughlin dynamic duo era, uh, we have a team batting average of 118, 9 for 76 in those two games, with an average of 1.17 runs per game. In the regular season, the last two years, same time frame, regular season series, uh, we're hitting 240 as a team with 3.63 runs per game. So significantly worse. We just we can't we can't get it done in the playoffs, man. That is incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. Much much worse. So yeah. So I guess follow up question would be, 
you know, after having digest this, this video and, and thought about the season a little more, I mean, what are you looking to do in the off season? Where do you think that the Mallards need the most help or can improve? Um, um, I've got some thoughts already. I don't want to say too much, but uh, I definitely think that we need some flair in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. But it could be Preston. But I'm saying that I think that Jordan and Caden have done so good in the regular season because they do just pound strikes and we hit the ball and we're playing looser and everything. But in the playoffs, I feel like our stuff, our stuff in the Arsenal is just not good enough. It's not nasty enough. It's not putting enough pressure on hitters. Hitters aren't uncomfortable enough. Um, I, I'm saying that, and the D-backs did not hit well last year. Mm-hmm. But um, I just feel like the Eagles look so comfortable seeing both Caden and Jordan. So I think that's one point of improvement. Um, offensively, I mean, I was pretty happy with our regular season performance this year. We hit for a lot of power. We scored a lot of runs, like I said. And uh, I actually think Preston did a great job this year. People would say, well, Grant would be better, whatever. But mm-hmm. he actually had an okay postseason. He had a couple hits, and he was on base when I hit the walk-off. And, uh, yep. you know, we could probably use one more bat, too. So we'll see. We don't really have the best draft stock here. I think we're going to have uh, we'll have the higher pick between you and I. So we'll see if you win or lose this uh, CS series. But we're going to end up in that 5-6 range mm-hmm. at best. So, um, yeah, we'll see what we can do with it. Uh, we could, I don't know about trades or anything or what I could really get, but... Another bat would be nice, and I think some sort of diversification in the bullpen would be nice, but I think I might already have that guy in Preston. So Yeah, I think Preston, uh, he, he looks sharp. He mm-hmm. looks sharp at the plate. Um, obviously didn't get a chance on the mound, but we did see yeah. him in, I forget which series he played in. Gators. We, the Gators. Um, we did see him against the Gators, and he, he definitely has some stuff. Yeah, so. I think he could be the guy next year. I got a question for Dan. Dan, you've been uh, you've been in this league since the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. yep. you've, you've played in World Series. You know you've you've won you've won things. You've lost things. Where does this <laughs> series uh, stack up? You know, in your internal Hall of Fame of Eagles accomplishments, and I guess personal accomplishments. Oh, I mean, I think that's right up right up there with it. Honestly, like obviously, it's like recency bias because it just happened, but like. We haven't reached the Eagles haven't reached the World Series since 2019. And like, especially with my play, like, I feel like my role has dwindled. Like, uh, I don't want to say like my time's coming to a close, but like, I, I only got so many prime years left. Like, I'm really trying to Still really trying, trying to get baby. back. <laughs> I was real, I'm really trying to get back there. So, like, I, I, I really hope we get it done this year. I'll say that it would mm-hmm. definitely mean a lot. Yeah. I, I, I was saying like the Mallards, Robles era. So that was 2022 and this year. You guys had the Dallas Allen era, but Dallas, you also weren't the player you were in 2021 in your rookie year. Mm-hmm. 2022, sure. 2023 were really your better years. But uh, yeah, good for the Eagles, man. It stunk. I, I really wanted to go. I thought we had the talent, but it's what it is, man. It sucks. You'll be back. I will um, always be back. <laughs> I will say. It's always next year, guys. <laughs> Gosh. I will say, Tom, you were talking about your um your postseason. I don't know. And I was talking to. um. Talking to the whole Eagle squad after we started one and five, and I was like, "The thing about MLW is that all eight teams can win on any given day in a mm-hmm. series, as long as you make it well, to the postseason." Well, I don't know. Right. Gators weren't that good this year. They <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't take it away from them, but um, but like I was saying, like anybody can be anybody on any, any given day, especially in the postseason. All those six teams have a shot to win the World Series. So I if, agree you, with if, that. If, if you make it to the postseason, like anything can happen. It's kind of what we were telling each other. Any more comments from you, Dan? 
about the series? How proud are you of the squad? Honestly, like, this is the most proud I've ever been of the squad, especially just because, like, everyone has contributed in their role, like, in whichever way they can, like, you know, no matter the role. Uh, you know, whether like, I feel like we didn't, you know, talk about Land enough. Like, like, he's really stepped up. Blade, we've talked a lot about, like, him growing as a pitcher has been awesome. Dan, be, um, and be Carson, selfish for a second. I, I've been very selfish in this podcast just because I talk a lot on this microphone. A lot of times it's not about me. So when I do something good, I try to share with the fans like some behind the scenes stuff that mm-hmm. other guys can't do if they're not on the show or whatever. But you had two bombs. Let's let's talk. Come on. <laughs> do you, do, this is your moment. Talk about how no, good no, that felt. What did no, you see yeah, good? I, that's true. I feel like, honestly, I've been struggling for most of the year. Like I'm going to be open and honest about it. But uh, these past two series, I felt way more comfortable at the plate. I you know, made small adjustments with my swing and I'm feeling good right now. So I'll be honest, I'm feeling confident. Hopefully I can carry that over to the big series. Big series, Atlanta in a couple of weeks. I wanted to ask you too, you just said small adjustments real quick. Do you make like logical small adjustments or not really? Like what yeah, do you, what do you I change? Would, I would say I, I make logical small jumps, small adjustments. So I guess like throughout the first, like, I don't know, nine games of the year, I had been kind of raising my body and my, my hands um to you know to swing down on the ball i guess i would say Mm -hmm. um to be to just focus more on contact um but then in the past two series i would say i i stopped raising my body as much but kept my hands high and i felt like that made a big difference so i I practiced that and just did a lot of repetitions and i felt like it's helped a lot okay i was just curious what your logic was if like you studied something or whatever because my changes are very illogical. It's all about confidence for me. <laughs> I thought I Agreed. talked about how before Philly, like I just like adjusted my hand placement and that like worked in practice. So I just did that in Philly and then it worked. And then I felt lost in the next two series. So then when we were in New York, one of those tournaments we played in before the playoffs, mm. um, I just like opened my stance up more and I started to hit and I'm like, oh, that must have been the problem. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's so, so in this series, I opened up my stance more, but it looks more open than it did like in the Philly series, for it example. Did. But uh, it's all in the, it's all in your head. Flip Still had a couple. You got to put the bat on the ball. So yeah, mentally open stance for me, man. I'm gonna hit better, so I did that, and it somewhat worked for a portion of the day. But very late, my timing was bad. wasn't getting the foot down, so I didn't know that the day of. But watching it back, I, my swings were too late. So Dallas, you were like nodding your head and agreeing with Tommy. Do you also make illogical changes to your? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, like if I'm struggling, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and look at the best players in the league, see what they're doing at the plate, see mm-hmm. how they're attacking pitchers. Kyle Schultz. Well, that seems pretty logical, though. Very, very yeah. logical. That's not yeah. illogical. That's not illogical. That's not. Yeah. Oh, my, my stance is too close. Yeah. With, with no yeah. reasoning behind it whatsoever. Yeah, oh, I put my left sock on first this morning. <laughs> I'm gonna put my right sock on. Literally. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, like if I'm struggling, like look at the best guys in the league, see what they're doing right, see what they're doing wrong. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. more logical than what that. I that's very yeah. logical. My logic is Davenport, get out there and start throwing to me until I start hitting the ball hard. <laughs> We're gonna try to replicate that again. But you're, gonna, you're gonna throw until your arm falls off, and I can literally I can I figure think, this out. You think, I think this is not because of me, for the record. But it's funny that you say that because I, he says he thinks he needs Tommy John. No, <laughs> he doesn't pitch. I told Tom him, I was like, dude, you got to be careful. Tom is literally driving his own players to surgery. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds bad, but um, you know we, we're not athletes anymore we don't go out there and do this day in and day out and he used to play baseball he used to throw pretty hard apparently and it whiffle in the mitt and he goes out there and just yeah, threw like throwing, 100 pitches yeah, at 95 miles per hour on dan's team and he's like every morning since then i wake up with just pains in my arm i'm like you probably should get that checked out oh man yeah not good but uh, i appreciate him for his work i sent him a text afterward i was like dude i hope you enjoyed that walk off because you were in that with me i couldn't yeah. do that without you but uh Good series to the Eagles. Hats off to him. If I could take my hat off, I would. 
Bummer that we lost. I apologize to Mallard Nation. I saw some comments, saw some DMs, but uh, that's how she goes, man. Sorry, sorry, guys. I tried my absolute <laughs> I'm best. So sad. I, I am sad. Um, comment of the week this week. Let's get into that right now. Pop it up. It is the Eagles are the definition of good things happening when you put balls in play. Not the best or most optimal play style, especially in this home run centered emphasis on offense, but they're my favorite team for a reason. Is the home run ball overhyped? I mean, I don't know if it's like, I mean, is it not hitting home runs not optimal? I don't really know if that's a fair statement to make. I wanted to ask you guys. Yeah, that. I mean, it, it all depends on the team. Obviously, the situation, like Tommy, like hitting a home run in the bottom of the third is like a crazy thing. Mm-hmm. But like, I think I look back to game three in our playoff series. Like, we scored, we, I think we scored two runs and then one run and then two runs. Just kept tacking on. Like, and I mean, obviously, Dan hit a solo home run, but four of those runs weren't scored off of home runs. So, mm-hmm. it's like I said, if you keep tacking on, like, good things are going to happen. And that's kind of our philosophy is put the ball I, in play. I feel like Dan's like me. He's a home runner bust guy. No, honestly, I'm not. Like, as a manager, I preach just put just put the ball in play. Get on base any way you can. Like, put the pressure on the defense. Like, that's the biggest thing for me. Okay. I swing I think hard. That, I don't know why. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I, Dan's lying. Why, he swings for a home run every time. <laughs> why can I not just put a ball in play? When's my uh, last? Yeah. Like, I, I can pop it up or, like, ground out. But, like, actual hits, it's just I'm hitting home runs or not getting any hits. Well, what I was going to say is I feel like the optimal is like what Ryan Cratch was saying on the last pod where he is like trying to hit the ball directly up the middle is what he says. Okay. And it, and oftentimes it just ends up being a home mm-hmm. run. But I feel like Landon is actually taking like a really similar approach because almost yeah, every Landon's, time he hits it, it's either right up the middle or it's a home it. run. Yeah. And um, I feel like that's the optimal way mm-hmm. because it's like that's the opening usually unless you hit the pitcher. Right, like if you get it by the pitcher, I mean that's a free that you're on base no matter what. And then the ones that you know you get a little extra something something on it, it's that it's over the fence. Yeah, I don't know. I should maybe think about my approach a little bit more. I wouldn't say I'm like trying to hit home runs, but I'm definitely not trying to not hit home runs. You know what I mean? I think it. I think there's definitely a balance because if you're just going out there only trying to hit home runs, you're probably gonna just you're probably going to swing and miss a well, lot. It's wiffle ball. Like you don't really need to like crush it to get a right. bomb, you know, right. in our field at least. So my, I don't know. My approach is I'm looking for one pitch and I'm going to try to hit this ball hard. And more often than not, it usually goes over the fence, mm-hmm. but I do strike out a lot this year compared to last pretty much exactly what I said would happen when I quit hitting lefty three years ago has happened. I, my, my average has been lower, but I've hit for the most power. So. Yeah. I mean, I think in the, I don't know enough about baseball, but I feel like this is right. Like in the postseason, a lot of times the teams that like push through are the ones that are hitting bombs, like hitting home the runs. Phillies right now. The Phillies are hitting bombs. Like if you can get hot and hit home runs, I mean, yeah. maybe it's not the same in MLW, but I think postseasons, like you can lock it down on the mound and you can put it over the fence. Mm-hmm. You got a good recipe there. It's usually a pretty good recipe, but. I do hate how ugly my swing is for the record, guys. But like I said, I'm, I'm making illogical changes to get myself confidence to hit the ball. So we'll see how long that of works course. for me. Very natural process. Very natural process. But uh, overall, great series. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, all that's left now, Jack, before the Sunday festivities is the ALCS. That's right. Will it be Jack or will it be Cratched? Let's ask these who makes guys. The trip? I what, don't know. What we, what, who would you guys want to face? Oh, these, these two clowns? Yeah. These two clowns. Um, I mean... I don't know. Both teams are great. I think they're very evenly matched. It's going to be a great series no matter who wins. And I think that I really don't have a favorite who I want to face. I think whoever I face, I'm just going to go out there and play our game and 
Hope we can get it done. That's such, such not a, the answer I was wanting. Jalen Hurts media <laughs> answer. Yeah, media no, it trained is, answer. It is, it is very media trained. Good job. A plus, Dallas. <laughs> you right. passed. Dan, what about you? Give me no, something. Give me a better can, answer. Give me something I can clip and put on social media, Dan. Yeah. Come on. No, I was going to say the exact same answer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the Eagles owner putting you guys through this garbage? I knew it. some personality. No, I, I will say it is difficult for us to say because we didn't, we weren't able to play the Magic or the Preds this year. So, yeah, that's um, true. But I, I will say, like, obviously, I, I mean, I can't speak for the rest of the team, but like, I've had problems facing Cratch, um, you know, especially like you go back to the 2019 World Series. Like, obviously, it's a long time ago, but, you know, we got swept that series. We could not hit the plate. So, um, I don't want to say I want to play the Magic, but like, you know, Cratch is, obviously a Cy Young caliber pitcher so like but so then again RJ it's, RJ, it's RJ so it's like it's not a it's not like he wants it's a good a, option you know it's just we'll, we'll play who we play <laughs> I agree us. with Dallas we'll play who we play all right well, when you guys lose to the magic in the world series we'll clip that make sure it's on the headlines <laughs> and make it look like an idiot just like me saying how confident I was in my team but perfect oh well that's how it goes Dan we take this microphone and then we take it with honor and we eat our words from time to time mm-hmm. how it goes but we do long pod today is it yeah, kind of. We're at an hour, and I have it's a dentist. By. I have a dentist appointment in the morning, which is not ideal for the timing of this edit. But <laughs> I, I got go. some work done today on the short. I gotta get into the dentist. I'm overdue. Are you? You gotta yeah. get in there. So well, I moved. I would have moved mine, but you can't because it's like a five month delay. Then. Well, that's the thing is, I yeah. moved, and then my dentist oh, called me moved, and was like, moved. "Hey, you got an, appo- an appointment." I'm like, "I'm not driving all the way out there. Yeah. I'll just find a new one." And that was like months ago. <laughs> <laughs> so now your teeth are just yeah, they're just you guys are you guys like, are watching videos you're like, every was, week and you're, just you're like and that was rotting. seventeen yeah. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that some was pe- 2014. Some people, some people don't go to the dentist. I've met none of my friends, but I've met adults who've told me like, "Yeah, I don't go to the dentist." And I'm like, "Okay." No, I, I'm I I am pro dentist for the record. Yeah. I just have I've, it's just on my list of things to to yeah. do that okay, hasn't got fair. done. That's fair. Yeah. I should really go to the, I should go for like a checkup at the doctor. I haven't done that in who knows long. Also should maybe maybe some that. blood work, you yeah. know, make sure I'm not going to die anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, I used to get a physical every year playing sports, sports but now it's like Then you moved and you're like, "Uh, but now I don't play sports." Yeah. And you moved. And I moved. Never took care of that either. So I need a new doctor. Take care of yourselves, guys. All right. Well, good <laughs> <Yeah>. pod. <laughs> Fun fact for the day, the Mallards had exactly 169 at-bats in both 2022 and 2023 regular seasons. See you guys all next week.